three, two, one, let's go! Let's go again. Welcome back again to Mission Forge. Boy, twice in one day. Well, that's what happens when you get a lot of content you want to put together. And darn it, it was just too long. So I thought I would break it up into two-parter. And here we are with part two of two. And this is introducing video making video presence in your real estate career and systematizing at the same time. And quick summary is that uh, realtors need video in their business as a way to reach their target audience and grow their sphere of influence. As some people say, grow your spear. You got to work your spear. I think what they mean is sphere, although maybe I'm the one who has it wrong. Um, so we want to always be growing our sphere. And what more effective way is there to do that than the power of video? Um so I went through and explained some different types of videos that realtors can do. And the fourth type is, um, you know, recording uh, commonly had messages with um, your sellers. Uh, and I had them into seven categories. And you could theoretically make those seven videos and disseminate them out to your clients as the time in the transaction came up. Um, and then also they're out there in the public for the public to see. So again, you are serving your clients, you're establishing your presence, um, people are getting to know, like, and trust you, and you are also growing your sphere. Well, the second part of this was going to do the same thing, but with buyers. And when I say the same thing, I went through the seven areas and provided a, a, a framework for some content that you could use if you wanted to take this route. And um, I'm going to do the same thing with your buyer clients. Now, I really encourage you to go ahead and the, the content will be in the notes of, of the um, podcast if you pull it up online. But I encourage you to make it your own. You know, you're in a specific marketplace. You are have your own way of doing business. And, you know, the, the way that I prescribe is not necessarily the exact way that you should be doing it. And it'll sound much better if it's got your personal um, twist to it. So the other thing that I was going to do with this portion of the podcast, the second part, two of two, is give you some mechanical advice, just some, how do I get started? Um, you know, I know my phone's got a camera. Where do I put the videos? How do I get them out there? And so while this is not going to be a master tutorial on that, I am going to give you some good pointers. So let's go ahead and jump into the content for your buyers, and then we will round it out with uh, the mechanical aspects of putting video into your business and systematizing. So uh, the first uh, video that I would do for buyers is, again, much like the first video you would do for sellers. And you may want to start there. Just do the introductory videos, one for the buyer, one for the seller, you know. And, and I want to say, too, you don't have to go live with this once you have everything done. You know, you can start with a single video, all right? 
And it doesn't have to be the first one. Just get started. That's the important thing. So for buyers, I want you to start with uh, what can you expect? Let's get ready for the initial consultation. Hopefully when you're working with buyers, you do have that initial consultation. I think that's the most important meeting that there is. Now, I understand sometimes you meet people on the fly, you meet them in the field, you meet them at an open house. Um, But in an ideal situation, you could say, look, I look forward to getting together with you. Check out my video and it'll show you what to expect prior to our initial consultation. And during in, in that video, you'll prepare them for things like I'd like to use this meeting to get to know each other. You know, we want to build up a rapport and see if we have the capacity to work together. You'll use this, I'll use this opportunity to explain agency to you. Who will I be working for? Who will the listing agent be working for? You'll also use, I'll also use this opportunity to go through our office disclosures, our state mandated, our state mandated disclosures with you. And I'll also make sure that you know you have the chance to ask me anything. Additional content for you to use in these videos would be, I would like you to explain your expectations of me. What would you expect of me if you hired me as a buyer's agent? Okay. And then I would like you during this meeting to tell me what are your needs time-wise? When do you see yourself closing a successful transaction? What does a, a successful transaction look like to you financially? Okay, notice I haven't brought up a pre-qual yet or a pre-approval. All right. I would use this first meeting to f- uncover the needs of the type of house that you want. Okay, and lastly, I'll explain to you what I will do for you. I'll explain to you my value proposition. Okay, the the value tasks that I will perform for you as a buyer's agent. Boom, and leave it at that. Okay, video number two. All right, you've decided you want to work with me as a buyer's agent. What do we do now? Okay, what you can expect after that meeting. Okay. All right, well, let's put it in writing. Let's talk about commission. Who's paying that commission? Okay, what if we find it for sale by owner? What does all this mean? Let's just kind of put that out all on the table, okay? And be ready to talk about commission. Don't leave them in the dark about where that commission is coming from, all right? Your, your exclusive right to represent should outline that, who pays it and how much you're expecting to get paid. Now there's some debate out there. A lot of people like to fall back and say, well, seller pays that, okay? You know what? I challenge that. I don't think the seller pays it. I think the buyer pays it, you know? Now the buyer pays it from a prearranged agreement between the seller of the property and the listing firm. But really, if you analyze it, it's prepaid closing costs, isn't it? So who's making that payment on those prepaid closing costs at the end of the day? Because it's really just worked into the price. So you got to really make sure you understand the ins and outs. I would not just say, oh, seller pays it. You don't have to worry about it. I don't know that that's the bottom line. I'm going to leave that to you. 
it's a different discussion for a different day. But certainly have the conversation. And what happens if we find a for sale by owner? What happens if there's a for sale by owner and they don't want to cooperate or compensate? Who's going to pay the commission at that point? Okay, that's a great thing that you can explain during your video. You don't have to go totally in depth on that, but that's what you would bring them in for. I'd also go ahead and tell them to expect certain points of the transaction to have money available, i.e. you'll need an earnest money deposit. What's customary in your market? Is it 500 bucks? Is it 1% of the purchase price? What is it? Let them know that or let them know that you're going to let them know that. Okay. Hey, there's going to be a home inspection. I'm going to encourage you to get a home inspection. That's going to cost money. What is the general price range? Okay. And then when you go to loan application, you're going to need to fund an appraisal. Tell them to be ready for that. Okay. And it's also now time to introduce that it's a very good time to talk to a lender. You've decided to buy a house. If you haven't already gotten a pre-approval letter, it's now time to do so because we're, you're asking me to invest time in you. We're going to be taking time from other agents and other homeowners. Nobody wants to invest that time if you haven't taken the time to visit a lender. I'll also create a portal search for you on the MLS so you can dig in and help me look around for, for homes. I'm going to suggest apps that I like you to use. Believe it or not, there's some better apps out there than the popular ones that most people use. And then I'm going to help you identify the times that are most effective to go look at houses based on your schedule. All right. Next area. That was the second area. The third area that will I suggest you have a video on would be the show, when we start looking at houses. Now that we're ready to go, we're going to be looking at houses this could lead to an offer. So now here's your content for your video. All right. You might want to know how long it's going to take to find the right house. Here's my experience on that. How long would we be looking during the day? Do we start at nine and go till five? You know, talk about that. Are there going to be breaks for meals? Can we stop and use the restroom? Can we use the restroom at the house? You know, Go ahead and start broaching these discussions. How long is each showing going to take? Are we limited in how long we can stay? What if we just see a house on the street and want to go into it? Can we just go in or do we have to make an appointment? If you find the right house, should you sleep on it? Or should you make an offer that day? Okay, this is great content for a video. And then lastly in this section, things that as a consumer, I want you to be prepared for if you make an offer, okay? If you're getting ready to make an offer, you need to have A, B, C, D. You need to have one, two, three, four. All right, if there's two people buying, they need to be ready. All right, next video. You found the house, it's time to make the offer video content for this video. Hey, let's talk about electronic offers versus in-person offers. All right. Let's talk about reaching out to the cooperating broker before I've even made the offer. 
What do I say during that reach out? We're going to decide what are the essential, we're not going to decide, we're going to cover what are the essential requirements of, a, of an offer. Okay, we're going to decide your approach. Where are you? Do you got to have this house? I can't lose it. Must have. Do what it takes. Or is it, eh, I like it, but we can keep looking. Let's make an offer and see if we can negotiate. Or is it, well, I'll take it if they come way down, i.e., let's make a low ball offer. Okay, let's talk. We'll establish your approach. And then we'll talk about what to expect and how long negotiations take. Believe it or not, people get worn down really quickly on negotiations. Okay? You want to talk that through. Give them some pointers. What to expect. And lastly, talk to them about what ratification means. All right. The fifth video that you'll make is, hey, we got a deal. We got ourselves a contract. Congratulations. You are under contract. Who gets a copy of that contract? You want to tell them that. Who'll be inspecting your home and when? You want to prepare them to be at a four-hour home inspection. You want to prepare them for the negotiation of those repair items on the contingency removal, which in my experience can be two or three times harder than negotiating the entire contract itself. I don't know why that is. I have my theories. Figuring out who's going to fix the toilet is harder than figuring out how much to pay for the house. I don't know. Um, I think it involves emotion. You want to prepare them for the termite moisture. You want to prepare them to go to loan application and pay for the appraisal. Very critical, probably compelled to do so by the terms of the contract. All right, the sixth and last video for your buyers will be approaching, closing, and beyond. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, you've made it this far. Pretty much everything's done, but there's still, still a ways to go. Let's get you to double check for the availability of your funds to close. Make sure you've got a path to get them from where they are to the closing company. We're going to talk again about wiring of funds and how that is such a dangerous and uh, such a dangerous thing that can be manipulated by scoff laws. We want to make sure they're protected and don't let their funds go to somebody that doesn't deserve them. Um, we want to prepare them to take time off for the closing. We want to remind them to make sure they have their utilities lined up to be transferred or turned on. We want to remind the buyers that they need to get in touch with the school system their children will be attending. You just can't show up and drop off little Joey and little Sally. There's things you have to do. You want to plan for some coverage if your children are little some of these closings and walkthroughs and, and stuff involved, it can be a little daunting for young children. And maybe they need to get some coverage, hopefully from a family member or a friend, while they take care of these uh, essential, important um, items. The same may go for pets. They might need to board uh, Fido and uh, Fluffy. Um, 
And you should also plan, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, for a couple of unknowns. Hey, things pop up. There's going to be a curveball thrown our way. Something's going to break at the last minute. All sorts of things can pop up. And make sure they know to have a contingency plan. And I think this is also a good time to encourage them to take a deep breath, enjoy the moment, not to be too overcome with stress. You want them to enjoy their new home. It is a stressful time, well-documented. It's, it's one of the most stressful events in a person's life. However, take it easy, take a deep breath, we'll get through it. You want them to enjoy it. And then again, this is a great opportunity as the situation is winding down. Hey, would you give me a quick rating? Give me a quick review. Take this quick exit survey. How was your process? How could I have made it better? And remind them, you've already prepared them, but remind them, I'd love your referrals. I would be so honored if you referred a friend or family member to me. If you ever know of anybody who's thinking about real estate, please have them call me. Here's a few extra of my cards. All right, that winds out the videos. Now, I did promise you, and this, you know, this is going to be important for you. This is, I promised some mechanical help on this. There is no one way to do it, but I don't want you to make the videos and put them on your hard drive and then just give them out as needed, right? That only serves half the purpose. At that point, you're only systematizing. You Again, you want to establish your video presence, and the purpose of doing that is getting people to know, like, and trust you before they even work with you, okay? So I want you to copy the content, make it your own, okay? You're going to tailor it to your own style and your own marketplace, and I want you to start simple, but start. Don't wait until you have the entire series completed, because if you, if you try to wait until you fully complete it, it might take you It'll take you longer than you might have the will for, okay? Which will mean you won't get it off the ground. So commit to a reasonable goal. I want to do my two introductory videos. Or I want to do my buyer set. You know, whatever it is, commit to something meaningful. Do it and call it a, call it a pilot. Why don't you commit to making a pilot? All right, well, you don't have to show the pilot to anybody. Or you can choose who you show it to. And a pro tip, guys, you know, you can always redo it. You can always, if you do put it out there, you can always pull it, pull it and redo it, okay? Find a comfortable and quiet spot and just film using your phone. Don't go out and buy fancy equipment. There's no need, okay? You can start to buy equipment later on, but right now, don't, re don't feel like you have to invest any more money into this. You have everything you need with your phone. Okay. Um, and, and it's important for you to find a quiet and comfortable spot. I will encourage you later to get in a little bit of chaos because it kind of makes it fun and exciting when you don't have that control around you. I think it, uh, it'll start to show your comfort level, you know, but sometimes you really just do need to focus. But do maybe try to switch it up. Don't always do the same spot. I think it's fun for people to see you in different places. It can even be different rooms in the house. It could be the same room, but just from different angles. Okay, sit in a different chair at the kitchen table, whatever it is. And then people will see different backgrounds. Um, I like to, I've learned to turn my phone on airplane mode. 
because what happens, okay, you do a video, let's say you're doing a four minute video and at minute, three minute, 45 seconds, you get a text or a phone call, <laughs> right? And it's like, wait a minute, the whole thing, that was perfect. The whole thing's shot, the whole thing's messed up. So put it on airplane mode so you're not interrupted. Um, so now you've got your first video. What are you gonna do with it? Well, you've got a lot of choices on getting it out there. Hopefully you have a Facebook page. Definitely wanna put it on your Facebook page, okay? If you're comfortable going from business page to personal, I say do it. I mean, I do that all the time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. You know, you, you're, you're safe putting it on your business page for sure. I don't recommend going straight to personal page, but you know, go for it. I mean, you're going to do what works. I think that Facebook doesn't like that very much. However, um, I, th I, my preferred method is putting it on business and then sharing it over to personal. So now in addition, you can sort of have a, have a middle ground, you know, you can have like a group or you can, you can hashtag your, your, uh, yourself. So you may have a slogan like, um, you know, Sarah sells Sarasota, you know, or whatever it is. Um, Tommy sells Tuscaloosa or whatever your hashtag is, whatever your little quip or personal branding is, you want to hashtag that. And the value of hashtagging is that it's a searchable thing. So like if I want to search, you know, uh, real estate agent and I just type hashtag real estate agent, I'll get all the posts that have ever come up with that hashtag. Just like you could search Super Bowl or, you know, hashtag Seattle Seahawks or, um, you know, hashtag presidential election, you know, all these things is just basically a way to go search. So you want to hashtag yourself and always use that when you make that post. And it goes for Instagram too. Um, another pro tip is you can post it originally to Instagram and then share it over to Facebook. I'm not saying I recommend that, but you can hit two birds with one stone. So you can do that right from your phone, okay? If you want to get a little bit more involved, you can take the file from your phone, put it into your computer, and work on some editing software. You can, if you have an iPhone, you can probably edit it right from your phone. Android probably has phone editing apps as well. I prefer the platform of the desktop. Again, it does mean transferring that file over to your computer not terribly hard to do, but it does take a little bit more time, <clears throat> you know, and maybe, maybe it's important that you do that. Um, there is a lot of value in the editing process because now you can film with a little bit less concern. You say, oh, I can just cut that out. The other thing about editing is you can add words and graphics, which I think is very helpful. Um, so um, consider doing that. Also, you should have a YouTube channel. Consider starting a YouTube channel. Doesn't mean that it's gonna be the most popular channel in the world, but it's a place to drive people. So you would post it there originally, and then from there you could share that link on your social media, okay? I've talked about hashtagging yourself. Um, remember, these are mini commercials for yourself. So you're trying to get people 
serviced by what needs what information needs to go to them, but you're also trying to promote yourself, okay? Um, you want them to know you, like you, and trust you before they've entered into a relationship with you. It just makes it a little bit easier. And you're separating yourself from the crowd because a lot of people aren't going to do this. A lot of people are saying, I should do this. I'm not going to do this. Or they'll say they're going to do it next week, and they're not going to do it. You be the one who goes out and does it, okay? Um, the last thing I really have for you is to play around with the length, okay? Um, generally, I like to keep these things shorter, you know, say around two or three minutes. But if you're doing a specific set of content for a specific person, go ahead and make it five minutes, you know? Because people are getting direct information. It's, it's a very specific purpose. They need to hear everything. They're probably going to listen through to the whole thing. Now, the growing your sphere portion, they probably aren't going to watch to the end. Uh, they might, you know. They might only check in for 20 or 30 seconds. And that's okay, all right? Um, the last thing I'd say is if you upload it, you know, you might want to consider captions. Okay, I've, I've heard statistics and people talk about the fact that, you know, captions will allow people to consume your content without clicking on the volume, you know, and I think that's good, you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, you, you don't want, maybe you're waking up in the morning and your spouse is still asleep and you don't, you don't want to wake them up with the noise. So you just look at the captions. Um, or maybe you're in a doctor's office and, you know, you don't want to annoy the people around you with loud noises, something like that. So captions are courteous. Um, and Facebook will do that for you. You just got to get into your business page and do it. So that's it, guys. That's, um, that is making your video presence and systematizing your business as well. I know that's good, valuable content. I don't even need to say I hope it was because darn it, it was good, valuable content. And I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of um, the people that helped uh, inspire me to come up with it and give me the ideas because I am not uh, living here in a vacuum. All right, I got a lot of help from other people, and um, I just want to say that I want you to do the same thing. I want you to take it and run with it. Um, that's the whole idea. Iron sharpens iron. Let's get better. Thanks for jo joining me on Mission Forge. Please go check out the Facebook group called Mission Forge. Lots of, uh, in, lots of useful, inspiring content and ideas for how to better your real estate business. Thanks, everybody.